You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Chill out. You're listening to Inside the Baselines with Matt Ellis. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Inside the Baselines. I'm your host, Matt Ellis. Today, we're, it is episode 10, so we finally made it to a benchmark, 10 episodes. We're going to go over industry saturation. Uh, what does industry saturation mean? Well, it just means that there is an abundance of tennis professionals or coaches uh, right now. Uh, definitely kind of bringing, you know, when you saturate something means like water, you're getting a lot of water on something and then it gets soggy and then it's just not, uh, it's not valuable anymore. It's the same thing going on in the tennis industry right now. We have a lot of tennis pros, especially with this pandemic going on. A lot of people turning to tennis because it's quote unquote safer, um, which I would agree with because there's a lot of space between you and the other person. So there's definitely, um, a, a spike in people playing tennis. And while for years now, there's been a spike of people teaching tennis. And I think it's because um, nowadays, I mean, people have just gotten lazier and lazier. Um, and I say it all the time, even to my clients, that, you know, they get frustrated with their child because they don't want to work hard. Well, um, sorry, I forgot to mute my phone. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's strictly because, I mean nowadays kids are spoiled so we're dealing with kids that just have everything handed to them like ipads and iphones you know at the age of five or seven um and so we're dealing with young tennis professionals or coaches whatever you want to call them that see a silver line this this beautiful thing called teaching tennis and they can make a good amount of money they don't have to pay anyone they just have a basket and a basket of balls, they find a neighborhood court, they go out, teach a lesson, make some money, and that's it. You know, that's uh, they don't have to answer to anyone. They don't have to give a um, super professional service. Well, at least that's the way they're looking at it. Uh, and so the industry has become saturated with all these people. And what happens a lot is is at clubs, you know, we may charge a higher rate, $60, $80 an hour, something along those lines. And then we get the question of like, well, hey, I can go down to my neighborhood courts and get a lesson for 40 bucks an hour. Like, what's up with that? Well, if that's the case, then go on down there and do that. You know, we're not I'm not going to I'm not going to argue with you on rates about someone who who's just starting to teach tennis and they just want to make a quick 40 bucks. That is happening so much nowadays, especially like I said, with this pandemic going on, there's a lot of people out there trying to make some easy money. And teaching tennis, in my opinion, is, for me at least, it's pretty simple. It's pretty cut and dry and straightforward. But I've also been doing it for a long time. And uh, to me, I love it. It's not really work. You know, I get to go and do something that I enjoy. And I think there's a lot of people in this world that feel like, well, I'm a good tennis player. I should be able to teach tennis. It's not that easy. And I've had people even tell me to my face, like, your job isn't that hard. It's it's not that difficult to teach someone how to play tennis. You just sit there and feed tennis balls. Sure, that's like, at its core, yes, that's exactly what it is. But there's a lot of things that you're not taking in consideration for these half-basket, will-travel type people where they're just kind of coming out and, and just feeding you balls. <laughs> And, and giving you basic instruction and stuff like that. I mean, there's so much more things involved, like how do you, how do you know when that child or that student is ready to make the, take the next step? How do you know when they're ready to learn how to slice, how to volley, how to do this, how to do that? And most people will just kind of throw you straight into something. Like, I'm going to teach you how to do a little bit of everything 
right away. Well, that just confuses you because now you have no idea what the heck you're doing. How do you, you know, get down? You're never going to master any stroke. Let's just get that out of the way now. Um, you're always going to be learning. It's always going to get better, you know, so you're never going to master it. But, you know, how do you master a topspin forehand if one day you're doing topspin forehands then the next day you're doing slice forehands and then you're learning how to do a reverse and then you're learning how to do this and do that. I mean, you never really master anything if all you're doing is dabbling in everything. You know, you want to learn one thing, get that down, then move on to the next thing. And industry, the industry right now is just filled with people who really truthfully have no idea. There's no, there's no art of the craft anymore. It's just people kind of going out there. And, you know, a lot of my students come from some of these coaches um, that don't really know much of anything. They were just good players and maybe they love tennis and that's great. You know, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. Um, that's fantastic that people want to teach tennis and make a career out of it. I'm just saying it's a lot more difficult than that. You got to do your homework. You know, there's a, there's a, to be a good tennis pro, there's a lot involved with it. You can't just pick up a basket and some balls and go out to a court and start marketing yourself. Although it is happening time and time again, you know, and they'll 40 bucks, 50 bucks here. And for, for that person, it's probably great money. And for the other, you know, the customer, it's a great deal. And what, what happens is it's, it's creating unrealistic expectations for a lot of the clientele for those people, because then they go, they get like sticker shock you know, remember the what it was like the first time you went to go look at buying a brand new car and you were like, oh, my God, tax title and license on top of this. Like, this is crazy. Well, that same thing happens with tennis bros. We have to go tell a person, well, it's $80 an hour. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I used to pay 35 you know, with whoever Johnny down the street. Well, you know, you're in a professional environment now. You're in a club where there's water and it's well for us it's indoors and there's bathrooms and you know the balls are usually brand new and i mean you're dealing with a someone who's been vetted and and is giving a particular type of of lesson to a certain quality i mean all these things play a factor and what's happening is there's just this unrealistic expectation that's coming across the board and what it does is it it brings everyone down it brings the quality down because the expectations are low you know, the bar was set up here and then people were jumping this bar to kind of prove themselves. Well, well now there's a lot of this have basket, well travel mentality and it's just bringing the bar down and down and down. And then all of a sudden, you know, the quality of the lesson is just terrible. You know, I, I, I watch time and time again, these people that say like, Oh yeah, I go to this pro and they're fantastic. And you know, I'll go scoot by and watch a lesson and I'll just be like, how, how could someone possibly say that this is good, you know, to each their own. But, but that's kind of what's going on. Good pros are, are very hard to find nowadays. I mean, we're, we're trying to hire an assistant tennis pro right now for a great job, um, at our indoor facility. And we're having a hard time finding someone because the mentality of like, I just want to make a few bucks and, and make my own schedule and be my own boss has taken over the world. And and it's not just the tennis industry, but it has hit the tennis industry super, super hard. And you get like, yeah, I go to that guy because they're a good tennis player. Being a good tennis player does not mean you're a good tennis coach. Sorry, it just doesn't. 
but it does mean that those people will try and make a buck off of you. And that's just the reality of it. So know that if you're trying to looking to change uh, tennis pros or you're looking to tell someone to get started in this in the tennis game and you're trying to do things like that, just realize that these people are out there and a lot of people are going to places like this because it is more affordable. It is more affordable, but at the same time, you have to remember that line, you get what you pay for. If you pay $20 an hour for a private lesson, for those of you that know a thing or two about private lessons, you know that that is just not going to be the best thing. It's just not going to be a great lesson, at least not in Houston. You know, market prices change depending on the city you're in. But in Houston, if you're paying $20 an hour, that is just, I mean, I can expect, I don't even know what to tell you, honestly. That'd be, that'd be just pretty, pretty awful. I wouldn't even consider it um, if it was me, unless I was getting a deal or there was a specific reason the price was so low. But it happens where us, you know, well, I'm not going to put myself as a good tennis pro because I don't like to talk about myself like that. But, you know, if you're a good tennis pro out there and you're dealing with this, I, I mean, I guarantee it's extremely frustrating because I know I deal with some of it. I know I deal with some people telling me that, you know, our, our lesson rates are just a little overpriced and they don't see the value. And that's right. You know, that's that's right at first. Once they get in and they start getting a lesson and they start seeing the difference, I deal with so many people that are like, I, they are shocked by the difference in the quality of the lesson between our staff and just, you know, the normal run-of-the-mill person who's over at a high school court or something like that. Well, <clears throat> you're going to start finding a lot more of those people, especially now with this pandemic, because it's been happening for years where you know, young guys or girls come out and they just want to make a few dollars and they don't want any more, any real responsibility. They just want to be able to make their own schedule and teach a few lessons and make some money. It happens. It happens at clubs. It happens everywhere. But those people are watering down the quality of the service being provided because a lot of good tennis pros will look at that and go, well, if they're willing to pay this person, then I don't have to be that much better to justify the price increase. And uh, I know that happens because I've talked to a lot of tennis pros and a lot of them, some of them do take that mindset and, and it's an unfortunate, you know, I don't, I don't do that, but um, I know some that do. And just be wary that this does happen. We are dealing very much so, especially nowadays, with an industry saturation problem where there's just way too many cooks in the kitchen. There's just way too many people teaching tennis or they think they can teach tennis. You know, my favorite are the, the people that come to your club or to your place and they're just, you know, they're decent players and they think they can teach tennis. Those are, oh, yeah, yeah, those are the worst um, just because it's almost like a slap in the face, like they don't respect your craft. But that is what this has come to, this tennis world, where you can play a little bit of tennis and then you think you can teach it. Guys, playing tennis and teaching, two different things. You don't believe me? Try it. Try getting someone to learn how to hit a topspin forehand with the strings closed and explain it in a way that makes sense. You can do that. Hey, you can make a career out of this, but I guarantee you can't, you know, unless you're a tennis pro. So 
be afraid, be not be afraid, <laughs> be wary that those things are out there and that we're dealing with these things and that things may only get worse. But keep in mind, you get what you pay for and, and do a little digging in, the, in their background. If you find a pro out there, ask them where they've taught. How long have they been teaching? Who have they developed? Just like finding the right coach, you know, that episode of finding the right coach, same thing here. These things go hand in hand. The difference is that nowadays the quality of teaching has gone drastically down. And that's why sometimes you watch some pros who are extremely busy. Those are the ones that are not following the trend of this decline of service. They're just doing what they know to do. They're keeping it real. And then all the rest are just kind of getting watered down, getting watered down by the rest, bringing the price down. Um, you know, those $25 an hour hitting lessons and stuff like that. They just, they kill good pros and good pros just get out of this industry. I see a lot of them going to real estate, uh, just because they're just tired of it. So hopefully this, this trend does change and, um, things start getting better, but, uh, that's going to conclude this episode. I want to keep this one short. I could talk forever about this, but, um, we're going to go ahead and just cut it off at that. Just know that, you know, we're dealing with industry saturation. We're dealing with a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And uh, take your time to find the right coach. Um, and if you need help finding the right coach, go back and listen in on one of the first episodes where I talk about finding how to find the right coach and what makes a good coach. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode of Inside the Baselines. Bye-bye. <laughs>